Bonjour, merci d'être ici. Je te prie Bienvenue à la mission The Real People Talk. Je suis votre hôte, Sabrina May. Hello, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Welcome to The Real People Talk Show. I'm your host, Sabrina May. You hear that? That Canadian thing I just did? Just threw in some native French tongue in there. <laughs> if you're anywhere out there in the east of Canada, and I'm talking to all of you east of Ontario as well, like actual east Canada, you already know. You're used to it. You see it. You hear it. Our country is more deeply bilingual truly in the east than it is here in the west. Quick random Canadian fact for those who don't know. Nationally, all our labels must be bilingual, written in French and English. Just like when one flies in an airplane, one most likely will hear the flight attendant announcements in French and English. But you know, with, in Canada, many are not exposed to the bilingualness of our country, at least in regards to the French language department of it all. I say this as I know from witnessing it by my own experience. I've lived from literally East Coast to West Coast throughout my entire life. Uh, but growing up in the East, I was more used to the bilingual languages of French and English everywhere. Like everywhere, including the corner stop sign. Stop. Arrête. Compared to out in the West, where I am now, out here, you are not exposed to French. You almost forget it, honestly. Like, I really forgot it. You really only hear English. Signs are only in English, etc. Even the kids in school. Like, my son experiencing what he had to learn or take on being out here in the West versus French. Like, it's just not such a dominant requirement to graduate out here. But when I grew up in the East, you know, back in the day, when I grew up in the East, it was entirely different. And I mean, the East is Ontario and inclusive of my, the Maritimes. Everywhere out there, it was, I had to have like that double language. It was such a requirement. When I lived in Ottawa, I actually had to have a third language requirement to graduate there. So I had taken on Mandarin Chinese. And that's how I picked that up at that point. However, which funny enough... If I could remember my Chinese that I learned for the two and a half years I took it while I was there, the amount of Chinese I could communicate with people out here in the West would be so helpful. However, my concussion memory doesn't keep languages unless I use them. Out East, I didn't know anyone who spoke Chinese when I learned it. Like, no one. I would send a written letter to my best friend and I would also send... Uh, a translation version because she didn't know any Chinese, but at least I could practice it in some way. I was more fluid in French out there, for sure. Um, but because I used it there, that was people around me, we used it, people knew it, often mixing French and English within one sentences. Then I moved out west in my late teens. Out here, it was very rare to cross paths with anyone who speaks French. Like I remember in my first years in Alberta and noticing how much they really are not focused on any French there whatsoever. Others 
like I would speak to didn't even know at least like how to say hello or yes in French, which blew my mind being that I was still in Canada and I was so used to that bilingual side. But so it was really kind of crazy, shocking to me, but you know, two sides of a country, lots of different cultural exposure to different things. Um, and so since I've been out here for so many decades since, I've lost that language now too. So nobody speaks French out here that I really have, have any, you know, conversations with. And so I lost all my French like out the window. Kind of sad because I had, you know, I used to be able to say I had three languages and now I definitely get. <laughs> I do have a few leftovers from each, but I really can't hold any kind of conversation in either anymore. I do appreciate both languages. Taking in the culture and history of them is my favorite part because I truly love to know how things work, including languages. As much as I can remember how to speak in them, I do see what goes into each of their vocabularies and highly respect them. Side note, when in Chinese school in those years is how I originally learned about the Chinese Lunar New Year. So shout out to everyone who celebrates the Lunar New Year and is listening, as I know it's coming up here quite shortly, and may your year be filled with love and success. This 2022 year celebrates the Year of the Tiger, which just means bring on your roar. That's how I'm looking at it. My That's my interpretation. But be a powerful leader in your passions. Like, do it, tiger. Whew, that also actually, you know what? That reminds me of the oracle card I drew, like the one I drew for myself for the entire year. I like to draw cards randomly here and there. I'm just not a daily practice necessarily, but when I can remember and I do it, I do it. And it was actually the spirit card number seven, stand your ground card, which in my opinion, that's a pretty fabulous card. Pretty much like roar. I'm already aligning with the tiger. Yay. Whew. I'm just, what a powerful year it's going to be. I'm feeling it. Can you? Touching back on one's memory, like the languages I once knew, and now it is like I never knew them at all. In other words, let's talk about knowledge gained and lost. Well, let's start with this question for you first. How aware are you? Many, if not all of us, could honestly say we are truly all unaware of like a lot. Really, unless you are connected to something in some way or another, why would you know about it? Why would you have any knowledge of it if you haven't been exposed to it? It's okay. That's just how everybody is exposed in their own ways, in their own timelines. Just like how any symptoms, disease, or illness goes, you don't know until you know or connected to and experienced in some way. So today, let me help you be more aware. First awareness of order, January is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. I tip my hat off to all of you touched by this disease in any way. You are not alone. Discovering that this was Alzheimer's Awareness Month is what led me to today's guest, being a guest and to talk about topics such as Alzheimer's, dementia, memory loss, brain injuries, etc. We both have a lot of personal experiences on those topics 
in so many different ways. Today, I have my mother with me. My mother was diagnosed with early dementia and Alzheimer's three years ago. She was just 69 when discovering this. So I thought it would be a truly fitting to bring her on today's show. Our combined memory struggles will have you in for a good laugh and all kinds of feels. Remember in my previous episodes, I mentioned my mama is one powerful double PhD educated woman? Well, let me introduce you to today's guest, my mama, Dr. Dawn Ambler. You can call her Dr. Dawn. She is the receiver of a Star of Courage medal from Governor General of Canada, a Star of Courage certificate from Royal Canadian Humane Association, a certificate of merit from the Premier of Alberta. I'm going to mess this one up again, but she can correct me later, a Ross Crucian certificate. I know I said that wrong. She'll correct me. A Bachelor of Arts, a Master's degree, a double PhD doctorate of philosophy and religious studies. She is a published editor, writer to like a list of books. She is a mother of five, who I have to segue mention, by the way, my mama raised all of us as a single mama herself while accomplishing all of those things I just listed above. Just saying, wasn't lying about her powerfulness. She is also a grandmother of 11, a teacher, a professor, an honorary sister, aunt, grandmother to so many more that I honestly can't count them all. Like, honestly, she is truly considered family to so many for the things that she has done for them. It is a beautiful trait of hers that I truly honor. Shout out to one of our honorary sons, a previous student of hers from years ago, but still so closely in touch. Shout out to Kier, his lovely, light, strong wife, Nylar, and their four adorable children, Riak, Ali, Quinta, and Quayquay. Mom, welcome to the show. You get to be my first guest, so welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I guess before we really get into our usual ways in this episode, um, well, my entire talk show is about awareness in general. So, and like I said earlier, those who don't know, don't know, and that's okay. But so let's help some of you that don't know and make you a little bit more aware or those that need aid and a little bit more knowledge of things they need to know, we're going to make you aware. I want to give a quick brief summary of Alzheimer's then at least you have more of an understanding on how to keep up with us throughout the show for anyone who's listening. Alzheimer's is only one of many types of dementia, each with their own cause. Alzheimer's disease is a specific brain disease that causes dementia. However, dementia and Alzheimer's are not the same thing. Dementia is a general term for a decline in cognitive abilities that include memory loss and thinking difficulties. Alzheimer's is a degenerative condition, which means it gets worse as time goes on. An early symptom of Alzheimer's is difficulty with short-term memory. Over time, there are a wider number of more severe symptoms, such as losing the ability to swallow, speak, and move around and easily. Does that all kind of make sense? I'm like, I'll give you a little quick recap. 
Alzheimer's is a specific disease that affects the brain. It is a type of dementia. Dementia is a general term for a decline in cognitive ability. That includes memory loss and thinking difficulties. Okay, so that information shared, let's get into this. Thank you, Mom, for being here. I appreciate you coming on and open to discuss this topic, as I know it's been a tough go for you um, since the news and, and beyond. Could you share your awareness of Alzheimer's, like when it first came to you and what, what did you first know about it, even before your own journey? How did it really first come to you? Um, <clears throat> I learned about Alzheimer's when my mother was diagnosed with dementia and uh, went through, even though I lived in a different province, um, when I visited, I got to see what can happen to a person and how it can divide a family, how it can uh, make life very difficult for a spouse and for siblings. And I decided to do some research on my own and that research uh, made me aware that I was a prime candidate, uh, being the eldest, being a female. And I decided when I saw on, actually it was on, I believe, Facebook, um, a, uh, not really an ad, but in a way, um, an info thing about medical arts here in Vancouver. And they were looking for people for a study on a particular drug. Biogen is the company. You may have heard of it. It um, has been approved in the States. And uh, I decided, well, I, above all, I would like to know about this study, but I also want to know, do I have it? Or maybe am I getting it? I had noticed myself that I was missing some words. And of course, everybody says, including myself, oh yeah, well, I'm getting old. So of course I forget things. But it was the, th the words that I was forgetting Picking up a spatula and not remembering what it was called. No, picking up a, um, a knife and not knowing what it was called. And that became very frustrating. And that's why I needed to know. So I called them up. And from there, we went into all of the steps for me to become a possible study member. Okay, so that's where they kind of diagnosed you. That's where you got your actual diagnosis was the study, which I know because I'm your partner in that and I come along with you for all those, what's to call it? Yes, I'm already going to start where my memory is actually worse than yours in many ways. And we often <laughs> joke about how... I'm searching for words and she's needing to help me. However, she's the one with Alzheimer's and I'm not, but that's <laughs> what you get with brain injuries in the past. 
Um, but yeah, your study. So once you found out from your study, what? Well, what let me say that? that first of all, uh, because someone asked me that question the other day um, when I said that I had Alzheimer's, and they said, "How do you know that?" And I said, "Oh, well, I went to a doctor." So how did this doctor know? What did they do? And I said, they sent me for a uh, PET scan and an MRI, blood tests, and um, a, uh, a, an assessment, which is basically they ask you questions and you answer and it's recorded and they can tell whether perhaps you're having troubles with your memory. And I ended up getting a uh, letter that stated I had been accepted. And uh, that was in 2019, early 2019, I believe in January, I started. And for about six months, I was in the study. I would go in once a week, get an IV of the drug for an hour and uh, other things like weighing and uh, more blood taken. And uh, every roughly three to four months, there was the, another assessment and there were uh, MRIs. And I would get the results of the MRI, which actually look really good at the moment still. Yeah. And um, then, we got a letter stating that Biogen wasn't getting the, the results that they wanted to see and that they were canceling the study, which was very upsetting. But after Biogen was okayed in the States, the study was put back on and I was called out asking if I still wanted to be there. I said, yes. And so Beginning in, uh, I think it was roughly the summer of 2021. And it, I am in the study now until at least January 2023. So I do the same thing still. I go once a week or once a yeah, month. You had the placebo during the study originally you oh, were yeah. getting the drug were you yes i had the placebo no one knew what they had whether they're getting the drug or they were getting a placebo and i found out later that i had had the placebo and um even though biogen said it was um destroyed that the drug was just destroying the uh, amyloid protein on the neurons that is considered one of the reasons Alzheimer's happened. Um, that's when they decided to stop. Uh, and so, as I mentioned, then we got an okay. I started back again in uh, 2021 in September and we're going to go for a year and a half, I guess it is, roughly. Um, I get the same 
things each time. Once a month, I have the IV. I consider it my spa day. I get to sit in a nice, comfy, uh, lazy boy. I get coffee. I get or tea or whatever. I get cookies uh, and other treats. I get to chat. Those are just with, important uh, things, everyone. those cookies and treats, hey? Hmm? Those are the most important things, those cookies and treats? That is. That coffee <laughs> and the treats. But more more so, it's also, uh, it's a quiet day. I After raising all, raising all my children and all these uh, grandchildren that uh, Sabrina brought up, uh, I really enjoy only talking to adults and relaxing and quiet. So they all laugh. Uh, the nurses, the uh, people who work there all have a good laugh that I'm coming in for my spa day. But it's... They have a good laugh with you, not at you. Yes, yes. And it's not... To me, uh, uh, it's not a an imposition. One, I wanted this. If I've got it, which they say I do, uh, even though I have really early Alzheimer's, they uh, the chance of having one helping others by uh, being in this study because others are going to benefit from it as well uh the chance that it might help me and because i have children the chance that someone is going to end up with it in our family is highly likely so it became an important thing uh uh in that I enjoyed my spa day. I mean, they give me an executive car, comes, gets me, and takes me over there so I don't have to drive in rush hour and such. Um, it's very fancy. It's nice, when, especially when you're going through downtown in those cars when I've gone with you. And, you know, it's kind of tinted windows because they're like this Vancouver being like Canada's Hollywood. There's a lot of celebrities that go around in these same cars that these drivers drive. And when you're driving around, people are always trying to look in the window, like who's yeah. in there? Like you're some yeah. fancy celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very cool. Yeah. And when it pulls up in front of my apartment, the, everybody in the apartment building is looking and going, who's getting in one of those cars? Yeah. But um, I've done even more research every time I can get my hands on something new that somebody else is doing, because there are many studies out there um, all over North America. Um, that I'm aware of. And they're all um, different drugs, different ideas as to what causes Alzheimer's. Nobody has a cure. Nobody has the exact reason it happens or why certain people get it and certain people don't. Um, and on the other half of the coin, I've also had to find a way for me to accept the diagnosis, that's taken a while. And also to accept what is probably my future. And therefore starting to make 
arrangements uh, as to how things are going to go, what I would like. Uh, after watching my mother for about five years, whenever I visited, and then um, my father took care of her for a long time because he said, when you're married, you take vows. And one of them is in sickness and in health. So he said, I promised her I would take care of her. Unfortunately, um, at one point, uh, he had broken his leg in a fall. And the doctor said, you can't live in that great big house with all the stairs and you can't take care of her anymore. And so he had to look for a place. There are not, not very many places that can handle Alzheimer's patients, dementia patients. Uh, there's lots of old folks home, although there's not enough for as many people that are old folks. But, but dementia and Alzheimer's is an entirely different ward. Like that one we visited yeah. on Oak and just yes, get it's, it's locked off because people are uh, not, well, uncontrollable, but I don't mean that in a negative context. Yeah, they can disappear if they get out. My mother got lost numerous times. Um, and they're watched carefully uh, for all kinds of things. And like things like they can't use the stove anymore um, because <laughs> we forget to turn it off. Um, and they're helped with whatever is necessary as things get worse. Watching my mother, especially when she went in the home, uh, she was put into a section that was locked off from the rest of the old folks home. And there were, I believe, six women in it. Um, and they were, my mother was in a room of three or four women. It wasn't private. Um, it's extremely expensive just for an old folks home. Never mind if it's got to have extra help. Oh my gosh. That went to like, it started getting to almost like 10,000 a month just to have dementia proper support fully. I remember looking at that. Yeah. And not very many people, including myself, have anything near that. The other thing is that they, now, not all of these have this problem, but the one that my mother was in really didn't seem to do anything with the ladies. Uh, we would, I could arrive to visit. She was in an, um, a nightgown most of the time. She was sitting in a chair in a room with all the others and she was staring at the wall. And that's what she would do all day long. My father would go visit her, spend the whole day with her. And on Friday nights, they had dancing, he found out, in the regular part of the home. And so he would take her down because that was their favorite thing to do, was dancing. And well, that's how they met. Yeah, that's how they met, exactly. So it became still his... Uh, goal to do everything he could for her 
And no matter how things got bad, he just kept hanging in till the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, The end was not pretty. She not only was she staring at a wall and doing nothing all day. um, She had a broken hip that wasn't healing because she didn't remember it was broken. Yes, she would forget to use the walker. That's when she was at home. But when she was in the uh, senior's home, she uh, got a an infection, uh, but nobody picked up on the fact that she had that. Yeah. And when it was actually found, she ended up hospitalized. Um, sepsis, yeah, they had to put um, a tube down her nose. But when I went to visit, I had to come from, at that time, Alberta into Saskatchewan, where they lived. Um, I, uh, the doctor said to me, uh, well, the first thing he said to me is, remember, this is not your mother. She isn't there anymore, which kind of hit me hard. Um, not that I was close to my mother, but just and with everyone else around just felt rude. Um, but he also said she cannot have the tube down her nose forever because it, it itself will cause infections. So my father was given a choice. You can either have her have surgery and we would put in a mm-hmm. tube in her belly or you could just let her go. And my father asked, well, what does that mean? And he said, we don't do anything except keep her comfortable. And what that meant was literally she starved to death. Uh, Something my father never, uh, like he had guilt for that, totally. In fact, it led to his final way of going out. But... um, Oh, they also are their immigrants to Canada originally and the life that they come from on the other side, especially Nana's. And then to be just hearing those words of starving to death is kind of that, not well, what you came here for. My parents went through the depression. Yes. They were both born uh, around 1920. Um, so they were very late in their years when all this happened. And... It was dad who called us three kids and asked us, what do you think? We all agreed on letting her go that she would not have wanted to be hooked up to machines and things. And so that's what happened. Um, It took a couple of weeks, Um, but it, it, it was true that when you, when you went in there, she had no idea who we were. Um, I brought her grandchild and she didn't know who it was. She didn't know who I was. And in the end, she also didn't know my father. She thought he was just a nice man who came to visit. <laughs> but um, she would lay in that hospital bed and she just would 
she'd sit up with the pillow behind her and she would just roll the blanket up and then unroll it and roll it up and unroll it the entire time we were there. Um, and the last time I saw her, I didn't like what I saw. And I came out of there and one of her other grandchildren, my son, my oldest son was with me. And out in the parking lot, I started to cry. And I said, I will not do that. That will not be me. Yes, I have Alzheimer's. Yes, I will end up with my brain with a big hole in it. But no, I will not go into a home. I will not, once I cannot communicate, I can't carry on a conversation or understand a conversation in any way that I'm not going to stare at a wall because I will not be a burden to my children or grandchildren. And I'm not there. The doctor's right. I'm no longer there. And what is the point? Making my children come to visit me on a regular basis just to see that I'm not there? I don't want that. I have spent my life researching, learning, going to university for over 15 years, being a professor. I still research. I still write. I still want to know. And when I can't do that anymore, I'm not here. And I want hopefully somebody from the government might even listen to this podcast one day <laughs> and here I want that legislation changed that for someone like me I can't tell the doctor on the day that I want to die that I want to die because I won't know. And I don't want my children having to have the conversations between them all wondering what to do with me. I mean, they've already started. And I just want to go peacefully. And when I'm ready, and I'll know when that time is. I can't make that decision now. I, I don't know. I can't make it either once I've actually gotten too far. <laughs> when you're looking. It a long time. Like we talked about the other day. It, would, it could be, I mean, Nana, for how many years did she live with it until it really took her independence? And then even then, you know, how long she lived. Like she was... You know, um, my father said that she probably he believes she started around 65 and she died at almost turning 90. Yeah. So she lived a good, good turn. And you've got so many and you're in a different place. Nana's, I believe that also Nana's mindset and from the experience of you now and knowing from her before, but the way you 
looking deeply into the way you research and are trying to find, you know, ideas or ways to still, you know, train your brain and keep it going. And um, the study that you're in, these are all factors that she never had. So right. your years and times could go on so much longer or it, who knows what this study means in, in time. Like it's still, we're still in the newer stages, but so far, yeah, you miss words, but Hey, I've been missing words since I got dropped in my head in my teens. Okay. And I think, you know, I've kind of like, welcome to my world. The more you get a little more <laughs> Alzheimer's here and there, I'm like, Oh, now you understand how I feel. <laughs> Sometimes. Exactly. It's that, but you know, and I'm still here. I had my accident, my brain injury that causes severe, um, uh, <laughs> case end point. <laughs> um, Loss of memory due to concussions. Thank you. Says <laughs> the Alzheimer's patient to the, to the 40 year old. Um, yeah, so the loss of, I could be in a way worse, like I've handled and had to struggle with so much and learn ways, but I've in time learned, but in ways that you are discovering now, I think is interesting from your way you look at life, the way you're taking on life, and your... What was that word you said the other day? Your when I don't know, like letting your inhibitions go, kind of thing. Like just, mm -hmm. I said that I go. You're a little more relaxed, more so. Like there's almost like not such a a grudge held within you, whether it be that it's forgotten or blocked or what or whatever it is. What I see positives that have come from it. And I hope that that's, I just kind of ride with that. I, as your daughter, I'm, I believe, you know, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Like I've said in my other podcast and, to, and how many times we said that you literally said that yesterday going, that's where I get it from. You literally could get hit by a bus tomorrow and all the Alzheimer's and dementia problems are completely irrelevant. Right. You know, the apocalypse could come in five years, 10 years, whatever. And that or, might be what takes you out. The tsunami might come and take us out on this corner and the earthquake. Who really our, Like my grandson says, the zombies could come. The zombies could yeah. come. Our time is our time whenever our time comes up. But until then, living and experiencing life to its fullest as best you can. And I think some of your hard times have been nicely masked by your Alzheimer's so you can move past them. Does that make sense? I yes. See you have, um, it's nice to see because for a long time you were in, you know, some places and even with this information for the last, you know, three years, having that you being a professor and an educator and a researcher and all of that, to lose that knowledge is massive I know how yes. frustrating it is when I can't keep knowledge myself but it's you can never not educate yourself because we just love it so much <laughs> well yeah it's it's devastating when 
your whole life is based on your brain. And now I either forget words or <laughs> the latest one, um, I go to say one word, like compact in a sentence, but out comes commotion and everybody looks at me, but it's my brain getting all the alphabet in the wrong order. And I, I've decided that what I have left, however long that might be. I mean, my dad died at 90. Um, his sister died at 93. I mean, the chances of me getting up there are probably pretty high. I don't really have anything else other than asthma. However, it is something that it was difficult to tell my kids. It was difficult to accept for myself. Um, and of course, my older grandchildren now know as well. And so we kind of, I do anyway, make a joke of it and say, well, listen, I got to do it now or I'll be loony later. Um, <laughs> or my son who wants to be married this summer, government, please get rid of the pandemic. Um, they want to have children. I would like to see and enjoy that grandchild. He's kind of the last one to have kids. And I keep telling him, you better hurry up or I won't even know who you are. So I have, yeah, my inhibitions are a little bit off the charts now, gone. And but I think in a beautiful way, I think it's not, I think it's been, you've been so conscious or cautious in eggshell walking for so long for everyone else that now it's, because I'm the one that keeps, I keep telling you just going, fuck it, relax. It's your life. You're an adult. You're, it's your place, your choice. And right now you still have that. And no one can take that from you until, you know, whenever Alzheimer's wants to take more of you than in time and however that goes. But I've seen you at your happiest. I've seen you in, well, decades. And, um, and it's for a whole bunch of things, even just how you um, hang out with the kids, etc., and what's interesting when you said about Jesse having my, your youngest son, my brother, my little brother, um, him and Sam having babies, that I remember when Nana was on her, like, very Alzheimer's stage, per se. That was when she came to town in her slippers, because nobody realized she didn't change <laughs> her shoes, and she flew here in her slippers. But how Reedwin my eldest son he was only four five at the time he was yeah. really little and it was really kind of pretty to see this connection she had with him even like you aren't connecting necessarily with the older and this and that but you you connect differently with 
the ones that are a little more free with thought, the younger mind, the freedom to do things and be more creative, etc. Like she was playing dinky cars at the restaurant at the table with him. And to me, my Nana growing up, well, I don't remember a lot, but I know that that's not the person I knew her as. Like that's, it was always so restricted version of her that I, you know, children are to be seen, not heard. And, you know, the rules were just, yeah, it was a lot. But with him, she never was this gentle connection. Wow. And she did not, uh, growing up as children and when her grandchildren were, were around as well, for her to get down on the floor and play never happened. Um, she was busy just being the housewife. And so when she got, and I, I'm going to bring up actually the rest of what happened when she went with the slippers. She, it was Christmas. We brought my parents up to uh, Leduc, Alberta, um, at my eldest daughter, eldest child's home for Christmas. And they're sitting, we had just finished laughing about the slipper business. My father didn't even recognize that my mother had not put on her shoes and had flown up without shoes with just slippers. And within a few minutes, um, Papa said, that's what the kids call it, grandkids call it. Papa would say, it said, I, I think we should probably get back to the hotel. Um, it's getting late. And my mother says, what, you want to have sex? <clears throat> and he looks at her and all of us are stunned. You would never hear something like that out of my mother. Her inhibitions. Gone. Oh my God. That's not a topic you talk no, about. You never, ever. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And uh, he says, why do you want to have sex? And she said, sure. And he said, oh, okay. And so she says, right here? And <laughs> they're sitting in the living room and all the grandchildren and children are around. So we're all laughing with them. And he's laughing and she started laughing. And so it's not always a bad thing. Um, and I've learned to, when Sabrina says, I'm different. I had a very traumatic life prior to, and that hung over my head. I have now put that behind me for the first time. I have decided, no, I can't get the silver lining gene that Sabrina has, <laughs> always finds the silver lining, but I am looking at things much differently and in a much happier way. And After I- After you way, you're thinking of you. Well, you're not thinking of you entirely yet. You're still in progress, but at the same time, a little more. Like, you know, in a recent conversation, I told you I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself for what you want and who you are because that you used to just take whatever people would throw at you and call you say to you assume of you 
all of it and you would take it not whether you agreed with it or not you would take it and just not fight the battle True. against it True. but now i see you kind of being that strong person i knew i don't fully remember back in the day but i knew that it was there because i just i don't know i semi recognize it but there's this whole other side that's quite i never expected out of you just i don't know it's i'm enjoying what it's letting you go or let go of mm. in the sense for yourself that you are finally in a place at one point in your life to have to really enjoy you and recognize you whatever time that means yeah yeah that's living, right that's living because if you never had that opportunity or never mm -hmm. took that chance then what was life yeah well, that's, that's how I'm looking at it now is that um, I've been alone as in unmarried and no partner for many, many decades. And that was my choice. Um, I had issues, but now I feel comfortable enough to pursue um, other options, other things to do. And I've learned to live on my own, which is after 50 years of raising children, um, is a new thing. And that was a big thing. It was also, well, no, I guess you were in the shed, the she shed location first to be on yep. your own, but that was kind of a, a it was an interesting kind of like that was almost a getaway year in a sense. Yeah. And then yeah. we, you moved to the building you're in now, which you moved literally March of 2020, the beginning of the pandemic that went into this like isolation. You are on your own now. <laughs> what is yeah. that? Like? Totally. So, and not in a pretty way to learn it, but at the same time, the little things that I remember you would bring up, actually, a lot of the things that you guys in my entire family, you and my siblings, have used to get, you know, poke at me for because the way my kitchen might be sometimes or this and that and going, well, it's just, it's just reading and I'll get to it later. No big deal. <laughs> and then you're just like, Mike, just these aren't done. And this isn't done. And this and I'm like, but is anybody even able to come over right now? No. Get it done tomorrow. Get up then. No big deal. Enjoy your time for yourself. And, you know, everything doesn't have to be picture perfect and ready with bows on it at the front door. Relax a little. And well, it's a hard I mean, ride for you, but it. I think you've come out and a lot has come from it. Well, I've learned to sleep in and also take a day off and just stay in bed if I want to. Um, I've learned to yeah, If I want, want to is the important part. One. When you say, if I want to, that is an important point to just kind of point out that when you want to stay in bed because you want to, one, you're a retired of age and you're not working, so like taking that kind of time. And then there's those that are struggling where you've had those days too, as, as I, where the depression where there is no getting out of bed and no 
taking on the world. There's definitely there is oh. a, a balancing game between what's depression versus trying to do things yeah. for yourself and be on your own. Yes. And, and it's true. I mean, depression can come with Alzheimer's and it certainly did with me. And even yeah, though depression going on before Alzheimer's came about. Yes. But it became much worse True. when I was having to try to deal with it. And it's sometimes really bad and sometimes just a little bad, but it's much better now that I've accepted what the future is. And um, even though that future is still very much a question mark, no one knows when I'll get worse. No, no one, one knows when anything's going to happen the next day for them in reality. Exactly. So I'm just taking one day at a time and trying different things, opening myself up. I've never been a people person, hate being in people places, but I'm trying and I'm going to see how that is. I'd like to see that I can make my way through this next however many years in a fun way. And, yeah. you know, a pleasing way and still trying to learn. I, there's so many things I still want to learn. I, I would have gone back to school again in a heartbeat if this wasn't going on. You kind of, you tried. And I think some of that was then when you did the, um, when you went to uh, UBC back what was that 2017 2018 and you going to class mm -hmm. for that and seeing how you struggle like I saw it then but at the same time you know you mix in like well senior years and your memory and blah 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 but it was a it was a different you were kind of feeded from that one well but learning yeah. on your own at home and doing things for yourself I mean Awesome. Well, I used to have a photographic memory, and that was gone. Yeah. So it was really difficult to try to learn and uh, keep that stuff in my head. And yeah. so... I get that all too well. It's what I learned yeah. and then keeping it, even if it was four months ago, if I'm not continuously using whatever it is that I fully researched and learned how to, you know, freaking build mm -hmm. a website and then some from the back end of whatever and go through it all. I could manage it all and learn it on the spot, but doesn't mean it's going to still be there in a few months unless exactly. I'm continuously using it. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's a journey. That's what I'm doing. And I'm hoping that it's a long journey and not too difficult. And that as time goes on, answers come. And who knows? In year, two years, somebody might come up with it, a solution for the whole thing. And then I can go all the way to 100 like I wanted to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 
it's what would you say to the people that are listening that may or may not be touched by this um or just you know brushing up on their education and awareness that um if you were not in the study the study aside because it's not necessarily or very obviously not something available to everyone um but so those that are potentially or whatever what other things and tools and ways helped you to process the beginnings of your diagnosis and then dealing with the diagnosis well because i'm a researcher i had to have scientific knowledge uh, and that's not necessarily something everybody else can do um but if you are a caregiver as sabrina is for me um it's keeping up with as much knowledge as you can so that you understand what is going on with the person who has it. In other words, not just um, not just being the caregiver that brushes the teeth and make sure you have a shower or whatever. It's a lot more deeper than that. It's recognizing, yeah. like, I feel, like, ironically that my concussions, how I end up with Reedwin and his brain injuries and yours and it just being so genetic and that kind of stuff, my experience, I mean, I've been at this now since the 90s with my head injury and my, my memory things and stuff, but never really truly um defined or figured out but what i've kind of figured out on my own on how i think or how something affects me etc i can recognize it in you i can recognize it in him i can recognize it where those who don't have any of these kinds of brain things going on may not understand it they've don't, not been through depression they've not been through any kind of concussion or brain injury or memory loss or um, family member with any of those things that um, I, I feel that it's kind of like a bonus that I happen to understand on a deeper level, but it is the caregivers getting to know or understanding you at a deeper level that to read your mind that you can't even speak for yourself. Does that make sense? I don't even know what I'm saying. Yes. And the, the caregiver is going to get tired down the line. However, it's, you if you understand some of it, then it's going to be easier for you. And it's, it's not, it, you know, yes, Alzheimer's causes eventual death if you don't die from something else. However, I don't look at it as a death sentence. Yeah. And I look at it more as just a different journey from what I was on. And that I want to make the most of what I do get. And enjoy my children and grandchildren as much as I can and that down the line 
of course, I do have hopes, hopes that somebody will maybe come up with something. Um, at this point in time, I can tell you for a guarantee, out of my knowledge of what I'm going through and my knowledge of the study, this particular medicine works. It works for me. It has kept it at bay in so many ways. And uh, there have been times where because of juggling um, the study, juggling a timing or whatever for an IV, that I notice the difference if I have to go a little bit longer without it. I notice what happens to me. And so I'm not content, but I'm working with it and I'm looking at it as being a very good spa day for my future. Mm -hmm. And so what's going to happen later? I have no idea. Uh, no one does. And like Sabrina said, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. But I am trying. We should watch how many times we say that in one episode. I don't think we want to manifest that. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. We don't want to make it happen in that regard. But um, I just want to make the most of it. And I'm trying things I've never done for decades. And I'm hoping that this is going to be my future. So only time will tell. Yeah. But I appreciate the opportunity, Sabrina, to uh, hopefully make others aware. Um, they may take the time to take a look. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I've had drivers in those executive cars who have said, you know, my dad keeps forgetting things. Maybe he should try to get in the study. And I go, yeah, here's how you find it. Um, because. Unless it, you know, you don't know. Right. And yeah. it's better to know because you're going to, it's like. If you don't know the symptoms to spine, then you don't even know you're looking either. Well, so not only that, but if you were to bake a cake, but you never baked a cake from scratch before and you don't have a recipe, it's not going to work. Correct. And that's how I look at it. So it's a matter of try to be as informed as possible. There is an Alzheimer's society here in Vancouver, as there is in many others uh, cities. And just ask, ask the questions. And there is as well, UBC has an actual department regarding dementia where they're doing studies. So- And I bet you they're not the only- um, No. Uh, 
diversity and stuff. There's probably so much. I, I know that there is more going on in the U.S. and all kinds of other places in the oh, world yeah. based on my own reading and stuff. So, yeah, Google is everybody's best friend when it comes to a search tool and finding those things or whatever manner of search tools you guys use. Definitely do some search. Um searching on just, you know, the basics of it or the defining of it, or if you know and recognize somebody else that might be within your family. And if they don't know that they have it, but are showing signs of it, there's, you know, potential help of methods. There's, um, now I'm going to write in here, I'm going to say, this is a health disclaimer that I'm putting in because I am not a doctor. My mother's a doctor, but not a medical doctor. <laughs> um, but, and we cannot be responsible for anyone's choice coming from this podcast. This is just our experiences, sharing our information and what has worked or not worked for us and take it as you will. So that little disclaimer, I just want to be careful if, because this is a medical thing. But when it comes to Alzheimer's, just like I mentioned earlier, dementia is not Alzheimer's, they're not the one in the same thing. Dementia is much like I, in a way, um, I follow practically everything that's on the dementia list, but mine's ongoing from a brain injury in the 90s. So what may come of it later? Um, consider that. It's not just old people. It's I have oh, a yes. history of some uh, brain injury that we never looked at because we didn't know the knowledge then of what we know now for me to even recognize and compare and go, oh, wait, what I need to prepare for. Look, I recognize these similarities and relatabilities in ways that I need to be. Well, the what other, there's a couple of other things and that is um, Alzheimer's um, and dementia can come very early in mm -hmm. a person's life. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be senior. It no, there was actually an art or a video or documentary of a 19-year-old girl who has dementia. Yes. Living and with that life. So there's that. And the other thing is, is when you go to look, let's say you go on the internet like everybody does, please, please, please take the time to research yes. who you are looking at. Remember, yes. in this day and age, for some reason, it seems to be more important to tell a lie than to tell the truth. And so I'm saying medical um, places are the best, like the Mayo Clinic or... or like your local like medical clinics, like your local medical community generally has all the links to the right legal yeah. resources if you so will if you're looking at the right thing the alzheimer's society will do the same thing yeah they will give you information yeah. don't just pick out anything that happens to come up and tells you because it might not be true and that is not going to help you at all but don't shy away from trying whatever can help you in a safe and healthy manner um, I know that some cannabis is a big one for some. I know I've seen when I've gotten my mom a few times. Um, I noticed the difference that it does, but she's in her study and strictly not on any other medication. So she can't do that. But at the time when she wasn't on 
her meds or on the study and with cannabis versus not, I noticed a word loss difference. She was doing better then. So that was a slight experience, but I couldn't speak more on it. I know I've also in a lot of my research, there's um, just from brain factors and brain health factors, your, your diets, your health, all that kind of stuff. You can look into Exercise is a big one for your brain. Huge. huge. Exercising your brain is a, it's not just going to a gym. Exercising your brain is, I mean, well, like share what you do. What do you do first thing in the morning when you exercise your brain? I do in the morning, I do word puzzles. I got two different kinds. I do mahjong. Um, I do sometimes things to do with numbers. And I spend a good hour, if not two sometimes, to really get my brain moving and working. Because as long as you are sending things up there and forcing things, you are helping yourself. Yes. And you're not just sitting around waiting for a drug. Yes. Yes. So that's what I do. And I try not to ever miss doing that it is to me a prime personal job that has to happen every single day and maybe you go to work every day still doesn't mean you can't take your lunch and spend half an hour doing something a little different that uses a different part of your brain just keep going um Brain challenges, whether it be digital or audio or um, music is a good thing. Music never goes away with Alzheimer's. I did that big proven thing that music sticks with you. It's not a part that actually deteriorates. It'll always be a memory. So that's a beautiful music's powerful medicine in itself. That's for sure. Yep. And so listening to music of any kind, doesn't matter if you're listening to rap or you're listening to uh, Bach, it doesn't matter. Music makes a difference. And people who have Alzheimer's, even in the late stages, will Mm -hmm. recognize, you know, people who used to play the piano will recognize certain things. Um, People who always dance, like my mother. She never forgot about dancing or how. And that was one of her specialties every week is to go with that. But she, would, but she lost the ability to remember to pull her pants up after going to the washroom. So it's so interesting. Ooh. Like that is strong, like a dance and music, what it does to the body versus an everyday natural thing that you go to the bathroom and you come out and you pull your pants up and, you know, you pull up your pants before you come out but you do all that and that loss of memory because it's not of this deep musical connection it's that's an interesting point yeah well i appreciate you mom so much for well a million and one things i'm sure this won't be the only time you're a guest on here but i (laughs) topic i know when i saw it on the calendar for this month and like we should definitely talk about it because it is affecting such a large population all around the world. And millions. do not even understand the slightest. Um, and if you just understood it a little bit better, 
than places like that community. Where is that in, it's not in Norway. Mm -hmm. It's um, in, there's one in Amsterdam, right in the city. Yeah, and it's like yeah. a beautiful community that's open in the way it works to, it works with not dehumanizing those that have lost their original memories. Yeah, you could probably find it with Dr. Gupta from CNN who went to us Amsterdam, Amsterdam and he talked to the lady who started this little village who... Um, he talked to patients, he talked to spouses of patients, um, he talked to the counselor that helps them out, and I highly recommend, it's, it's not a very long one, maybe an hour, and uh, I learned a lot of stuff, even, and so, yeah, it's, there's that, there's also ones that are happening, I believe there's one on, uh, Vancouver Island, and um, more seniors' homes are trying to put in the uh, dementia unit because, or as some of them call it, which I love, memory care unit. Yes, that's that nice. It's, um, they're realizing that there's millions and there's going to be millions more. This is so many millions. And right now, I mean, you're part of the boomers. So, like, Yep. That there's such a large population and with the numbers of like it being that it's more common to be in an older age when it starts to be affected and the boomers are of that age range that it's a big number right now. I mean, you see it. I see it on TikTok. I see the, um, you know, caregivers, um, sons and daughters and stuff with their parents or whomever and their grandparents that have full dementia and just, you know, the interactions and the way they work with. But so many are unfamiliar with how it works that it seems like, well, why are you saying these things? Why are you so off or why are they doing that? But if you're more aware, you're like, hey, memory people, like the memory challenges that are out there at all ages and how it affects people, but others that are don't take the time for awareness or respect to understand that somebody just may not be there me mentally to be able to be on your page i'm rambling now but that's the point you get my point so okay well i thank you for bringing me on i hope that that has helped some people and uh if you have questions yes if you guys have questions um, for me directly from a caregiver's point of view or daughter's point of view or whatever point of view you seek um, from me or if you'd like to ask questions um, directly for my mom by all means still the same way all the social media you can dm me and I mean well she's my mom so I'll make sure she gets the message and um, ask away we will definitely come back if you would like another um, and more information, and we will cover those questions. We'd be more than happy. That's the whole purpose of uh, this real people talk. That's the point. We're talking about real stuff that's affecting every, you know, many people in so many different ways. So thank you again to my mom, Dr. Dawn Ambler, for helping bring some awareness to the conversation today. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to like, follow, and share any of my social handles at realpeopletalk.ca.
And for real, if you have any questions for her or I, please DM me through any of my social platforms at realpeopletalk.ca. Just keep your hate because if you got any, there is enough hate shared in this world already. Until next time, learn something new about someone else and just be a good person.